use a lot of devices to manage our time, or at least monitor our time. We have watches, we use cell phones, we've got computers, we have clocks. But in this episode, Time and Perception, we're going to talk about what are you doing with your time and how are you perceiving what's getting done as those minutes tick by. Welcome to Talkative Soul, a podcast that empowers women to create soulful ties with themselves to connect with what matters most. Here are your hosts, Gwen Tebow and Sia Chandler-Garcia. Hello, Talkative Soul community. My name is Sia, and I'm the co-host of Talkative Soul. For those of you that don't know, Gwen is the host of Talkative Soul. And those of you that do know, well, she is not going to be joining us today. It's just going to be you and I talking about time and how we perceive it. Today's episode of Time and Perception, I'm going to give you a few things that have transpired in my life that helped me change my perception about time. Um, And as we go down this list of things that I have prepared for you, I want you to know that I'm going to be sharing some in-depth information about my personal life only because I want it to be helpful for your personal life. So here we go. Here comes the tea, as y'all call it. So my husband and I, um, our life changed dramatically about six weeks ago from the recording of this day. And he had a massive heart attack. He had what they call a widow's maker heart attack. And he had three of his arteries were blocked. One was blocked at 100%. Another one was 94%. And the other one was 83%. And thank God for modern medicine. They did not have to open up his chest. They were able to go through his veins and provide stents. So my husband has three stents in his heart to make sure that the blood continues to flow. Before this all happened, my husband also had COVID a month prior to that. So I had the opportunity to be his caretaker in two serious situations. And in this time, my perception changed. So as I was the caretaker for him during his COVID bout, my husband was down for about two weeks. And I became his caretaker. And during that time, I had to really work on how I was perceiving what I thought was going on in his life. I I had to pull back my judgment about how COVID was affecting him and how COVID was affecting me. Because during that time, I had COVID and didn't even know it until I tested myself. But anyway, fast forwarding to the next journey of the heart attack. My time became his time, or I should say his time became my time when he had his heart attack. My life shut down completely. And for those of you that know me, you know I'm a busybody in a good way. I'm always helping and I love it and I'm in the community and I have a mentoring program and work full time and I bake pies and I write books and I just, I'm living my life like it's golden. But my life came to a screeching halt. And my time became his time. And as I began to um, take care of my husband, 
my perception also took a different path and my judgmental thoughts were worked on and my projection of my opinion became smaller. And it was a lot of work that happened on me because I perceived that this time had to be different, not just for him, but for me. So be careful what you pray pray for, because I had prayed that I could spend um, uh, time walking. I love to walk. And so I wanted to spend time walking with my husband and our dog. And I had prayed that um, my husband would do better with his health. And I had prayed that, you know, if you notice some of this stuff ain't got nothing to do with me, but I was praying for him to have a better life. And what I experience was that his better life had to come at the expense of his time. And so when he had his heart attack, it was not my heart attack, but it was definitely my time. And so my perception had to change. So as I um, continued uh, my journey during his time and our time and the time of the heart attack, I was able to do some things for me as well. So what I want to say before I go into how I worked on me during this time and how my perception is being also changed, because I'm still working on my perception as it relates to the time and what I'm doing with it. I want to take you back to season one, episode eight, taking care of business. One of the things that my husband and I talked about before he had his heart attack was where things were, how things were going to transpire if either of us were to die because COVID really did him bad. And he thought he was going to die because he couldn't breathe much during COVID. And he began to tell me things. This is, you know, this is where the the titles of this are, and this is what you need to do. And, you know, we were pretty transparent prior to that uh, because we always know where everything is for one another. But this time it got real intricate. It became, this is how much you should sell for this. This is what the garage was in the garage and that needs to be taken care of. And so when the heart attack happened, I had already dotted my I's and crossed my T's because taking care of business was something that I I had done with my dad in 2020. So those of you, for those of you that have not heard episode eight about taking care of business in season one, I encourage you to go back and listen to it, but I'm going to recap a couple of things that I had said. One of the things that I feel like, or nine of the things that I feel like were beneficial for me when I uh, helped my dad through his transition. My dad transitioned in 2020 um, by way of cancer, and I was his caretaker before he transitioned. And I realized I needed to take notes so that whoever came down this pathway, they could use some of the things that I had gone through so that they can put some things into place. So here's what my husband and I had already talked about because of my previous experience. So I'm going to let you know these nine things. And once again, go back to the episode. It was really good. And it probably has things I'm going to miss. But one, talk to the person that you're going to be taking care of. Thank God I was able to have this conversation with my husband prior to this. We had no idea this was going to happen, but circumstances allowed us to address it up front. So if you are a caretaker or know that you're a designated caretaker of someone, take the time to really get intricate information from them so that you know what their wishes are. Two, if there are other people involved, get a meeting, get a family meeting via Zoom, get a mediator. If your family and you are not talking, do the best you can to be the 
the operator that the person you're taking care of is going to be depending on when the time comes. Ask questions. No question is stupid. Pay attention to the dynamics of the situation and ask questions. And if you don't know what questions to ask, get on Google and say, hey, Google or hey, Siri, you can even use them and ask them what what questions do I need to ask about? And then it will help you. And I just said, hey, Google, and my Google came on. So anyway, that's that's life as it happens. So uh, share what the person um, that you're tending to wants. Share it with everyone. Um, develop a plan using legal forms. Do not use a napkin. Do not use a, p- a pad, a p- piece of paper and crayon. I'm talking. You, I'm telling you guys this because I've seen this stuff happen and I've seen fights that happen behind this. When you are in a situation where the people in your circle, you all don't get along. So have everything done legalized. There are forms online that are free. There are forms that are you can get at the office supply store. You can go to social workers. You can ask mental health, um, mental health providers. They all know long term care facilities. They all know the paperwork that should be taken care of before someone um, needs you to be their caretaker. Um, give everybody copies of the paperwork that's involved, even if they don't want it. Put their name on it and when they're ready to talk to you make sure they have it if you have their address send it to them anyway if you get it back hold it for them have the documents notarized and filed and i say filed because in some states you have to file it with the county office like with my father in mississippi here in colorado i don't think so you just have to make sure that's legal and uh let somebody follow the documents in a safe place place so that they are um, not Uh, bothered by fire or water or anything like that, no damage. And then most of all, let somebody know, or not most of all, but at the end of it, let somebody know outside of your inner circle who um, is unbiased to all of this. Let them know what's going on and how they can locate the documents just in case you're not available to do so. And then give yourself a deadline to do so. Don't wait. Do it, take care of it, and move on. Do not pressure people about it. Just put it out there. Do as much as you can as possible, because when it comes time to have to implement these things, you are going to need to have things in place so that you can operate with fidelity. And so that's what brought us up to where we are now. And so with my time being spent meticulously about this prior to my husband's heart attack, I was able to put things in place to be able to take care of him. I filed at my job what they call family medical leave. And when I did that, I was able to see that with my time, I'm going to keep saying this so you guys can understand how this works because the puzzles always fit. The puzzle pieces always fit. With my time that I had managed over the years, I accumulated at least six weeks worth of time off. So I was able to be off with my husband for six weeks paid for because I had the accumulated time to do so. Only shy two days and then they're going to use those two days that I did not get the coverage for. They're going to take that out of my paycheck in the summer. I don't work in the summer, so it's going to be probably what my gas or whatever it is is going to affect, but it's going to work out. It always works out. I'm going to say that out loud. So then after I did my family medical leave and I got on his time and began to look at how I was going to spend my time and the perception of what was going on in our lives. I could have easily gotten bitter. 
I could have easily been disgruntled because of how it shut everything down in my life. And when I say shut everything down in my life, not only did I not work, but I couldn't bake pies for my little um, sometimes I like to do a little hustle on the side during the week, even when it's weekends, when it's not pie season, I do a little, you know, testing and trying to figure out what I could do new for pie season that stopped. I have a mentoring program called watch me grow. We were having a mini conference scheduled the weekend that of the heart attack that my husband had. So he had a heart attack on Thursday. I had scheduled a mini conference on that Saturday. I had to cancel that. I did get a chance to still get the resources to the girls by tapping into one of the parents that volunteers and getting things delivered and, but all of it, complete halt. And so my job stopped, my extracurricular activity stopped and my life became a total caretaker's life. And that was my time. And I had to perceive it in a way of love in order to get through it. Now, my husband, thank God, was a good patient. He did what I asked. I was a little frustrated but with myself for not understanding some things. But as I took the time, because I had nothing but time to do some research and figure some things out, I was became a little more lighter on myself about some things and how he should be able to how he should eat from um, after the heart attack. I mean, and I eat very well, but when you have eaten a certain way for so long, you still need to figure out how your taste buds are going to acclimate or you just end up starving yourself, not eating anything. And I was afraid that that was going to happen to my husband. So there was some changes that had to happen there. And that perception, I had to understand my perception about how he eats and what he takes into uh, consideration as far as time for himself had to change. So when I disconnected from my job, um, it was harder than I thought. And I, one day I realized I was, I had checked my email and I had checked my text message and, I, and something in my, in the, my little spirit said, you're going to mess up your family medically because if they find you're still working, they will dismiss your privileges. So I text my office manager and I said, apparently I don't know how to not work. And so when you are in a situation where you don't know how to pull back, use your community, call on someone to help be your accountability partner. So I, off, I text my office manager and I said, apparently, I don't know how to stop working. So I'm going to turn off my work phone and you have my personal number. So if something goes off that, you know, I need to take care of or I need to be involved with before I come back, you know how to reach me. And her words were to me, act like you are retired. And that fed my soul because that is what I'm working for. I get to do that in two years and draw. And so that helped put me in a mindset to change my perception about what I thought was needed to be done for work. Changed it completely. And so I'll give a shout out to her right now. Thank you, Mercedes, for keeping me in line about work-life balance. So then I began to <clears throat> spend a lot of time on myself. I signed up for a Mind Valley class. And for those of you that don't know what Mind Valley is, it's a uh, self help website that you can take classes for free. And then I took this time, I decided to go a little deeper and I got a membership and I, 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 dive in or dove into their library. And I did a 28 day 
exercise with them. And I, it helped me enhance my intuition. It helped me believe more spiritually in myself. And that's what I decided to do with my time because my perception was I cannot let this time just be about taking care of him. I perceived that this was an opportunity for me to enhance myself. So I also begin to listen to more of the spiritual leaders that I listen to on a regular basis. I begin to tap into them on a norm. Um, you know, you have to cut it off when you're working and you have to do your job. But every day for hours and hours, I was able in between taking care of him, I was able to listen to Abraham Hicks and Dr. Joe Dispenza and do my Mind Valley exercises and and uh, tap into the Joe Silva method. Um, so all of these things were happening. And so it changed my perception about what was happening during his heart attack. So it became, the journey became me saying, this is not my heart attack. This is his heart attack. This is my opportunity to be a better person. And I'm just here along for his ride because this is my journey too. And what am I going to do about my journey? As I begin to do all of this work on myself, I realized I was mentally fatigued and I was able to dust off the cobwebs of some things that I had allowed to rest and become negative settings in my brain. And I begin to feed myself and become motivated and feel good and actually on top of things, feeling a lot um, more connected to what I felt like was important. My intentions changed and some things of lack of importance I was able to identify because I wasn't in the rat race. So my perception, because I was taking my time to totally engulf myself in my growth changed on that too. It was just, it's so important to me now to manifest what I feel is important in my life by way of being intentional with what I put in place. And so with these things happening, I was able to do that. And the fatigue has subsided significantly. I can still feel where I'm a little behind on things um, as it relates to some things I still don't want to do. Like there are some tasks that I have put aside, but I have made sure that they are categorized and they will get to that. I will get to them when it's needed. But right now I understood and my perception about their importance changed because I took the time to compartmentalize it. Um, business ideas came to me during this time. And I'm excited about those because I'm an author. And so I was able to complete my third series of Luke the Loving Dog. And I was, I'm also, um, I have a pie business and I was also able to think about new ways to promote my business. And I got relationships with people during this time that's going to help me keep my or push my pie business to another level. And I was able to try some new recipes during my time because I perceived that this time had to be spent in a way that was going to yield fruit for not just me, but other people involved. And then lastly, my time with my mother. I was able to spend time with my mother. One of the good things that happened during this time with my mother was she was very adamant about not infringing 
her time on my time because she said, you have never had your time. And even now you don't have your time completely because everything you do is still around taking care of your husband, the meals and the medication and making sure he's doing what he's supposed to do. And so my mom was very systematic about not infringing on my time, but I got a time, some time to be able to just breathe and spend some bonding time with my mom. So I'm going to wrap up. And what I hope you got out of this was time is of the essence and it's not cliche. It is a true statement. And how you spend your time, because you can't get time back, can definitely mold your perception about how you spend your life. And hopefully, as you realize that it doesn't have to take a heart attack of someone or a death or an illness of someone, but that you really know the genuine pieces of your own life and how important they are. And your time is the jewel in the gym that you can control if you take the time to put things in place. Now, granted, we know there are some people in our lives that dump their time into our times, just like my husband's situation, it was dumped in my, into my time. But because my perception of how to spend my time was that I would make sure I took care of myself during that time, it yielded such fruit. So I hope you take from this that you don't have to be sick. Nobody has to be sick for you to manage and honor your time. And I hope you perceive that you are important enough to make sure that you can get through anything as long as you manage and honor your time. So it's a wrap. Thank you guys so much. And until next time, do something that feeds your soul. Much love, Talkative Soul. That's it for this week's conversation. Thanks so much for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss one single episode. And if you want to connect with us more and join in some post-episode dialogues, join us in our Facebook group. Thanks again for joining me, Gwen, and my girl, Sia, on this week's episode of Talkative Soul. And until next time, do something this week with intention that talks to your soul. Your soul.